0: Today we look at the story of Abraham. And we look at the identity part of this. The missional part will be a little bit later, but today we look at the identity part of being a sojourner. The call of Abram is a very familiar story. Abram did not live in Israel yet. He was from his place called Ur. And Ur was probably in present-day Iraq, in that area. And God called him out and said, Listen, I'm going to call you, and I'm going to take you to a different land, and I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand in the seashore. All you need to do is follow me. Now, have you ever wondered Number one, why not pick someone who already lived in Palestine? Why not choose someone who was already there? Or number two, the flip side, why not just have the land of Ur be the chosen land? Why are you making Abram move? Let him stay where he is. Or pick someone who already lives there already to fulfill your promises. But God does something very interesting throughout Scripture. God moves people. And He always moves people out of their comfort and moves people out of the unknown, out of the known to the unknown so that people will rely upon the Lord and no one else. And so his, here is Abram with nothing but a calling and assurance of his of God's promise that I will be with you. That he takes his, fa- his wife and his family and he moves. Now that itself is extraordinary to me that there's something special about moving from one place to another, of being unsettled that allows God's promises to work through. I do believe that in our world today that one of the issues that Christians have is that we have settled too quickly into this world as our home. And when you settle too quickly into the world as your home, you forget the world that is before you. You forget the kingdom of God that is to come. We know that the exiles were judged because of this. When the Israels were took out of Israel and exiled to Babylon, later on when the Persians conquered them and the Persian government said, hey, You can go back to your land. There were people who were excited and and they went back. But there were others who just wanted to stay. Why do we need to go back? Our Family's here. Our business is here. We've settled. Got a good life. Let's just stay. But God has a way of moving people, of making them sojourners that they may remember that heaven is their home. Now you might think, okay, this is going to be easy. Alright, Abram is just going to travel down. He's going to go into present-day Israel or Palestine. He's going to start making uh, his, his little town. He's going to have kids. The kids are going to get married and All of a sudden, you'll have this great boom of of people. But that's not what happened to Abram, is it? He moved down there, and the two issues of the promises of God were not fulfilled right away. The promise of offspring and the promise of the land. Remember, he couldn't have a child with Sarah until very late in his age. And yet, Abraham remained faithful to God. God asked Abraham, which he changed his name to later on, to go sacrifice Isaac in Genesis chapter 22. And Abraham, in faithfulness to God, went up to that mountain about to sacrifice his son, and God stopped him. Abraham knew God's promises. He said, God had told me, I will I'll inherit this land and my descendants will be numerous. And yet, in the midst of my life, God, I've only had one child through Sarah. Where's the promise? Abraham was faithful. The second thing is that Abraham moves into Israel, starts to be a little bit fruitful, and then there's a famine. And then he has to move to, to Egypt. And, and if you're Abraham, you're thinking, God, what's going on? You promised me this land. I came here, and things were starting to work out a little bit. You know, There's a little bit of problems here, here and there. But then a famine came in and and you moved me out. And eventually he does move back in. And again, you look at Abraham's life and you look at it and you go, God, what are you doing to this poor man? You've made this promise to him. In Genesis chapter 12, from the very beginning, that this is what you were going to do. Give him land and give him descendants. And it seems like all you're doing is moving him around. I don't know about you, but there's often a time in our lives when we know the promises of God When God says to you, I will sanctify you. I will help you to grow in love for me and other people. And yet, it seems as if those promises of my growth in the Lord is failing. It seems as if my relationship with God is stagnating. And you're wondering, God, where are you? The story of Abraham, and if you look carefully at the stories of many, many characters, many, many of the people in Scripture, is a story of God moving people around, of God wanting people to wait in order for them to be satisfied with only one thing, God's presence in their lives and the future kingdom to come. And this is a question for you and I in our identity with the Lord. Is that the Lord has made us sojourners. And God, oftentimes, when you start feeling comfortable in anything, when you start making your home in anything, God has a way of sort of moving you, of waking you up for you to know that I am all you need. And when I was younger and I used to read the book of Genesis, I always thought, when I looked at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I always thought, man, how how did you trust God? Because I am a person, and maybe you're like me too, that someone promised me something, I want it right away. I'm not going to wait five years, ten years, twenty years, I want it right away. If God has promised me a land and God has promised me descendants I want to see it now okay I can wait to maybe I'm at 110 but I want to see a land I want to see grandchildren I want to see my grandchildren uh, married and, and, I, and, and pregnant women everywhere I, I want to see all of that right I want to see my town being built I want to see the city starting to, to, to be fruitful he saw none of that Isaac saw none of that. Jacob saw none of that. In fact, all they saw was their people in slavery in Egypt. That's all they saw. And yet, it wasn't the promises of when God would fulfill those that satisfy each of those patriarchs. It was simply knowing that God was their God and was present amongst them. Brothers and sisters, <coughs> is it no wonder that providentially in your own lives, you grow the most in knowing God and His presence when God moves you around? Is it no wonder that college students really come to know the Lord and grow in the Lord when the first time they're away from home? Is it no wonder, perhaps, maybe it's not then, but after college and, and God somehow gives you a job in, I don't know, Anchorage, Alaska, or in Singapore, in the middle of nowhere, when you move, that God's presence is more palpable to you? Is it no wonder when God shakes your life and everything seems to change that for some reason God's presence and your identity in him starts to become more precious to you. God uses all of these things. And in fact, I believe Scripture teaches us that God ordains all of these things and wants the church to continue to live as sojourners. To remind us that this is not our home and that our duties here on this earth to make his name known has not yet been completed. That is your work. That is my work. Abraham was a man who trusted in the promises of God even when before his eyes nothing seemed to have gone right. But Abraham was also a man who was able to see God face to face and know that this God was present in his life. And this God was to be feared and to be loved. And that was enough for him. We do ourselves a disservice once we get settled into this world. We do ourselves an injustice when we think this life is all there is. For we forget God quickly. But God is merciful. And he does two things. One, he either takes away things from you and moves you around to somewhere else. And you start to realize once again, nothing I have belongs to me. Or second, and I, and I pray that this happens to, to our church more than the first, because I don't want to see any of you guys move. I like, I like you guys. The <laughs> second is that you, you come to the realization that this truly really isn't my home. That nothing I have belongs to me. That my life is not hidden in politics, my life is not hidden in my job, my life is not hidden in my relationships, my life is hidden in Christ. And that whatever God gives me in this world, however far I get in my sanctification, however far I get in in the things that my heart desires in this world, it doesn't matter. If, like Abraham, I'm here to toil, but knowing that God will one day fulfill his promises, I'll toil. If, on the other hand, I get to be like Solomon in the beginning and and, and obey God and be able to build his temple and to build this palace, I'll take that as well. But either way, God's kingdom will come. And that's when God uses us immensely. To build his kingdom. Lastly, we must remember that the sojourner life, this calling that we have, is the same calling that Christ has as well. Christ did not try to figure out, sort of, where is my home. He knew his home was in heaven, he knew that all things one day will come under his feet. But in the meantime, when he was here on this earth, he realized that this was not his home, but he still loved the people here on this earth. He still served the people here on this earth because he knew that one day his kingdom would come. And Jesus says in, in Matthew chapter 8, um, verses, uh, verse 20, when he is talking about the cost of following him to, his, um, to the crowd around him, one of the people says, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Right? I'll, God, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says this to him, verse 20. Foxes have holes and, bir- and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. What is Jesus saying there to his disciples? What is Jesus saying there to us? If we say to God, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus is saying, Listen. Foxes have, play- foxes have a home birds have a home I have no home are you willing to sojourn with me to go wherever I go to pay whatever price I'm going to pay for there and there alone will you meet me brothers and sisters one of the things that I enjoyed when I was younger and I think many of you do is traveling road trips and one of the most fun road trips I ever did was uh, in my late 20s when I took a month with my friends to travel around the US of A Uh, we drove 10,000 miles total in one car uh, we start from Philly, went to Wisconsin, all the way to Seattle, all the way down to San Diego, San Antonio, Miami, and then back up. There's nothing in the middle. We just went around the edges. <laughs> um, and there's something about not having a home, but having people that you enjoy being with that brings you closer together. There's something about going from place to place and talking about where we're we going to eat next. Where are we going to stop by next? What should we go see next? But all of a sudden, it's not about sort of where my home is. It's about who I'm with. That makes a journey more enjoyable. God has called us to this journey. And although you might have the same job for 10, 15 years, although you might live in the same house for 10, 12 years, it's only a small part of your life. Remember, God is with you on this trip. Remember, God is here. To show his love and his glory to you on this trip. Remember it's God being with you. That makes this life worthwhile. Remember you're called to sojourn here. Enjoy what God has given us. And then one day when the Lord returns in his fullness and a new heavens and new earth are brought before us, then and then alone will we be able to say, we're home. We're home. Praise God. Praise God that these longings that we have will be fulfilled one day. Praise God that we'll no longer have to manage or upkeep our desires. Praise God that he will return in his fullness. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for all that you have done and all all that you are Lord God. And we ask of you, Lord Jesus, to help us to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. Father, we confess to you that we often, Lord, um, think that this is our world, that this is where we live. And so, Lord, we, we are people who save and hoard things, Lord, not only um, tangible stuff, Lord, but we hoard our hearts, Lord, as well. But, Lord, you tell us, Lord, and you share with us that your presence and your love for us is, is more than enough for each one of our days and the troubles that we may see. And you have called us, for to hide ourselves and our identity in you. Let us be satisfied with that and that alone. And wherever you call us, with whomever you call us with, in whatever we may do, maybe do it, Lord, with joy. Maybe do it, Lord, with, uh, with, um, uh, with courage. And may you, Lord God, show yourself to us each and every moment. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.